Before we start this newest episode of Geeks in Suits, just letting everyone out there know, if you'd like to be on the Geeks in Suits podcast with me, talk about anything you want, we'd be more than happy to have you. Just uh, text me, email me, tweet me, whatever, get a hold of me, let me know, I'd be more than happy to have you on. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Geeks and Suits podcast. Recording this on a cold winter night here on Monday the 11th, I believe. First day back of the new semester and joining me for the first edition of a brand new segment that we'll be having Off the Cuff with T-Funk, Tyler Stutzman. Yeah. What is happening, Tyler? Oh, not much, man. Just... I'm excited. Like we we already did one off the cuff, but it was just like eh, whatever. But now it's like yeah. this is gonna be the thing. Like this is gonna be this is the thing. This is gonna be our segment. Nope. You can go into things with notes for everybody else. We're we're going off script. Like we if we no uh, notes, yeah, no, no anything. Notes, like, we go in anything that we, we have, bring up. We're doing it on the fly. Right. We have one topic at the beginning, and anything that comes off of that, that's what we go with. Perfect. I like it. Perfect. I like it a lot. And, and all you new listeners or regular listeners will notice we got intro music yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intro yeah, yeah. music. I gotta love that royalty free music. It's you the gotta best. love it. It's the that best. generic royalty free. Oh yeah, I like it. Oh yeah. All right, so let's get right into it then. We had a wild, wild NFL wild card weekend. Crazy wild finishes and some just complete duds, but overall, this weekend was just off the wall. Yeah, I mean, it lived up to the wild aspect of the wild card. It was just, it was absolutely, absolutely insane. And definitely about as fun as it can get at times for like the neutral football fan. Like, if for people like, well, for me, anyways, is. A Browns fan, like I got a, a grudge match between divisional rivals, uh, another fo- just photo finish, and yeah, it was just it was an enjoyable weekend. Now, obviously, you have some skin in the game because <laughs> just you, a little bit. Yeah, you cared about kind of who won what game, but even still, right. you're, I'm sure you probably enjoyed it just as much. Oh, I definitely did. Uh, just a quick recap. So we got. We got a blowout in Houston where KC just ran train on the Texans and Brian Hoyer. Woo-woo. Sadly, we didn't see any Brandon Whedon. That was that was just too unfortunate, I guess. It's it's we unbelievable got, to me we, that 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 the Texans. And sorry to cut you off, but like the Texans fans were chanting, "We want Whedon." Like, I in a playoff game. <laughs> in a playoff game, like I don't think you realize you're you're already down by. You know, three was it? It was... three possessions. Like you're not, yeah. you're not gonna suddenly make up ground because Brandon Whedon comes in. You're just, if anything, you're you're you may turn the ball over less, which is well. I say that based on how Hoyer was playing. Whedon's right. A Hoyer was in too. that mode where he is just turning the ball over continuously, and there's no stopping it. No, I mean he. I think he turned the ball over five times, but he. He gave, yeah. I think he gave Kansas City seven opportunities altogether. I thought he fumbled, 
three times but lost one maybe i'm making that up or combining it with another game i don't know off the cup you might uh, be but for for the record though he did have i know for a fact he had at least two other balls he threw that should have been intercepted and weren't mm-hmm. that may be what so. i'm thinking of i might i may just be putting the interceptions or the fumbles where the interceptions should be or almost fumbles where the almost interceptions are so Right. And then, so that was the first game. The next game, we got a gritty matchup with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, which had a controversial ending, controversial refing, like the whole package. Um, just gritty AFC North matchup. The next day in the NFC, we got a basically an ice bowl 2.0, a 10-9 finish with... Um, I'm blanking on his name. Is it Blair Walsh? The Blair Walsh. From Minnesota? The, the sexiest kicker in the NFL, Blair Walsh. Right. Missing a chip shot from, I think it was like 27 yards or something. That is correct. And then we saw the return of Aaron Rodgers. So we're going to touch on all of these yes. going throughout this podcast. Um, I think we already I think we already got enough of the Houston-KC game. It was just a terrible game from the beginning. It, it was. I mean... I think everybody kind of expected to Houston won an atrocious division. Yeah, they had won they had won like four in a row, and they had won like eight of or I think like six of their last eight or eight of their last ten. Something something really impressive like that. They just didn't have a tough schedule, but mm-hmm. you knew that they didn't have. Outside of DeAndre Hopkins, like, their offense really isn't that good. And we found out, like, less than an hour before the game, Jadavion Clowney wasn't playing, and J.J. Watt Watt went down. Yeah, he went down, and, I mean, he already had the broken hand, and then he re-aggravated his groin injury. That was maybe the most um, important play in the entire game was the one where where J.J. Watt re- re-aggravated his groin, even though he came back into the game. But he he re-aggravated that and now has to have off-season surgery. And on the same play, Jeremy Macklin went down, and everybody thought it was an ACL tear, which fortunately it wasn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was a high ankle sprain, so he's probably right. out until the Super Bowl if they make it that far. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, that that's basically everything that happened in that game. We can forget about that game. That was the one kind of dud of, yeah. the, of the whole wild card weekend. 30 to nothing, yeah. Right, which brings us to the next one, which was Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, which was, there was already a bunch of, like, you know, tension leading up to a lot of chippiness. Uh, the refs were, like, standing at midfield before the game to make sure no fights ensued. Yeah. Pre like coin toss or anything. Um, let's get to all the like the controversial I don't know calls or whatever. The first one that I can remember um, was Martavis Bryant caught a pass over the middle and immediately got decked by I forget who was the who was the, the defensive back. It was called targeting or defenseless receiver or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure it was. See, I I have a confession to make. I uh-huh. missed the f- majority of the first half of this game because okay. I was at I was at a work Christmas party and right. it caused me to miss I, they they actually because there's a ton of Steelers fans at the place that I work at uh, they had a TV set up and there were people watching it but I really wasn't because I didn't care enough 
So I missed mm-hmm. the majority of the first half. So if that, like the first thing that I saw, which I'm sure we'll get to, was the um, Martavis Bryant butt catch. <laughs> which was incredible. And yes, we will get to that. Yes. Um, so, so anyway, so. What so, happened on the Martavis Bryant where he was targeted? Right. So basically what happened, I think, I think Pittsburgh was in Cincinnati's territory. They're driving down the field. Um, I, I don't remember what down it was or anything, but Roethlisberger throws a pass over the middle and Martavis Bryant catches it. And it, it all depends on the rule and if he's like defenseless or whatever, but he caught it and had like control of it. And I know he took one more step and I don't think he got like his second step down. But the Bengals defensive back, he hit him with his shoulder. Okay. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't a helmet to helmet. I I don't think um he actually hit Martavis Bryant's helmet. It was a it was like a just a quick play. So like split second, it looked like Martavis Bryant just got lit up. Um, yeah. from what I was watching. But, you know, they go to the replay, they slow it down. It it didn't look like it was a helmet-to-helmet call, um, which, I, which you know, it didn't change anything in the game. I, I think Pittsburgh got a field goal out of it um, in, in the end of the drive. But the point is, like, it was kind of like the beginning. Like, Pittsburgh got this call that, like, from my opinion, probably shouldn't have been called. They got this 15-yard penalty. Which, um, which leads, we're gonna, we're gonna quickly skip the, the butt catch by my Martavis Bryant, but that led to the, uh, the Ryan Shazier hit on Giovanni Bernard that absolutely should have been a, uh, whatever you call it. It should have been a penalty. That, yeah, see, that I did see. That was in the, that was in the third quarter, and Mm -hmm. that was one where even live, it looked incredibly brutal. And it looked like something that could have been close to a defenseless receiver, but because he came down, and at least this is from just my observation, it looked like he had come down, planted both feet, and been able to turn around before he immediately got lit up. So it wasn't like he he was in midair, defenseless. He had turned around and been able to kind of position himself to take off. And unfortunately, freaky fast Ryan Shazier was right there and just right. you know turned him inside out right so here's my beef with the play um it absolutely should have been called a penalty of you know like uh unnecessary roughness or something and this is mostly the NFL's fault because i'm not sure if by the rule if that's a like because he did catch it so he wasn't a defenseless receiver or anything like that mm-hmm. but like, the NFL has been on this concussion protocol for the last however many years. They're trying to make the game safe. Like, Giovanni Bernard absolutely had a concussion after that play. How can that not be a penalty? Like, from my understanding, it should be every helmet-to-helmet call, by the way they want to keep everyone safe, whatever helmet-to-helmet call it is, unless it's, you know, just a, a light tap or something, Yeah, that has to be unnecessary roughness, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was... It was helmet to helmet, and I think the the worst part about it, because that was definitely helmet to helmet, even though it was, it was close, but they right. he oh. definitely he definitely hit him with the with the crown of his helmet. Right, and that's what they're saying because there was I forget who the analyst was, but one of the like referee analysts or whatever said after the game that 
like, yeah, he wasn't a defenseless receiver, but he led with the crown of his helmet, which should absolutely be an unnecessary roughness. So I'm not sure if that's in the rule book or not. It was, but it was Nance and Sims, and then they had Mike Carey on as like the. Well, this was after the game. It wasn't oh, either of them. I thought you it was. Carey. I think it was on. I think it was one of the guys at ESPN. I'm not sure which. But okay. yeah, so I'm not sure if that's necessarily in the rule book. Mike Carey explained it. Um, why they didn't call it? Who would probably be like most up to date with the NFL rule book? Mm-hmm. So, but but that just extra insight from whoever the other guy was like it, that just confuses me. So, is that unnecessary roughness, and should it have been called or not? Yes, and yes, and yes. it's it doesn't it doesn't negate what happened later. Like, right. I, I think that hit probably would have happened regardless. That call definitely needed to happen regardless because it was a worse hit. And obviously, I'm, you know, foreshadowing again for something that we're getting to. But right. it definitely should have been called. And that, I mean, that's that's a huge game changer because you are, you lose one of your two running backs. Like they have, the Bengals have a good one-two punch with Bernard and Hill at, at, um, at running back and to suddenly lose one of them midway through a game where the weather is causing the run game to be even more important. And on top of that, like he, he'd been moving the ball better than Hill had to that point. So you lose Bernard, you lose the ball inside the 30 yard line. So that's potentially a field goal, which would have brought the momentum even more into the Bengals' favor, which it was, it was still getting there, but that would have been huge for them at that point. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Pittsburgh's got the ball back, and so it, it should have been called. And it, it, I think the the most frustrating part about it to me was that, like in this age of player safety and all that, afterwards we had all three analysts live basically saying that that it was an unfortunate hit and right. that, it, that it was but and not they weren't even saying that it was a legal hit but they weren't saying that it was an illegal hit either and i think it was because they were so focused on the fact that it it wasn't a defenseless receiver because it wasn't it was bernard right. was not a defenseless receiver but he was absolutely hit helmet to helmet and it seemed like they were just completely missing that part. It's like, how, like, I get it. It, it wasn't a defenseless receiver. It is it is an unfortunate hit. It's still a penalty because it was helmet to helmet. That's mm. the end of it. You're done. That's the end of the conversation. Right. And I'll say this. <laughs> By rule, he wasn't a defenseless receiver, but he was completely a defenseless receiver. He he did not see Shazier coming no. at all. He had no He chance. had no idea it was coming. So... In real life, he was defenseless. By rule, he wasn't. Um, but anyway, the reason this play was so important is because it got Cincinnati like really fired up, almost too much. Because after that play, we had uh, it was uh, it was perfect on the sideline. Marvin Lewis was basically having to talk him down from going and fighting the Pittsburgh sideline, um, mm-hmm. which was, and you know, Pittsburgh got the ball. Which led to perfect sacked Ben Roethlisberger and separated his shoulder, I believe, on that very next possession. Yeah. 
It, it was which, that was seriously the next possession, right? It, which that was a completely clean hit, um, everything like that. Cincinnati, they come on, they start coming back. Their offense catches some fire. They take the lead, and then one of the most bizarre things that I think I have ever seen in a football game: Landry Jones throws an interception. Perfect, picks it all off. Luckily, he's down by contact. But he runs to the locker room with like four other guys, and it's it's his locker room. So he runs his down locker to the room. other end of the end zone, where if he hadn't been down by contact, it's suddenly a safety, and then it's seventeen sixteen Steelers. Uh huh. Like which <laughs> that was. I think that should have been the the moment where where Bengals fans were like, okay, we really. We really might want to pull this guy out of the game, or at least get him calmed down because he is—he's—he's he's getting almost too fired up right now. Like he was terrifyingly given. Like it, it's okay to be excited, especially in that situation. Like that's awesome. But that dude, Vontez Perfect, has a history of basically being a complete ridiculous idiot on the football field, and. Mm-hmm. That would have been the moment where I'd have been like, you know what, Vontez, you stay back in the locker room. Like, you just, what that was, was was absurd. And I don't want you to be an emotionally loose cannon for the rest of this right. game. Well, well, here's the reason Marvin Lewis didn't. Um, there was no need for Cincinnati's defense to come back on the field after that point. In theory. If Jeremy Hill yeah. doesn't, in theory, yes. So, Jeremy Hill, which... People are blaming Jeremy Hill for for fumbling the football or them running it and not kneeling it. Look, they had to get a first down or Pittsburgh was getting the ball back no matter what. So I don't want to hear. They had all three timeouts. Right. So they needed a first down. Uh, They wanted to get closer because they were probably going to kick a field goal if they didn't get the first down. Whatever. He fumbled it. It happens. It was unfortunate, but let's not, like, forget about it, okay? Forget the fumble. Pittsburgh gets it back. And then Ben Roethlisberger with a separated shoulder who can't throw more than 10 yards leads, begins leading a, uh, what was it? It was like 74 yard drive down the field, throwing nothing but like eight yard passes. All were screen plays or short routes. Like, okay, this game is already bizarre enough, but now we have a quarterback with a separated shoulder leading a game winning drive. Yeah. Successfully. Um, <laughs> successfully. Which yeah. that has to go against Cincinnati's defense. Oh, which they were in they their were defense so far off. Like they uh, like I I know you you're about to defend them, but you you have to in if I'm Cincinnati there, I put you just you have to go after their three wide receivers and just send everybody else at that point. Like they're at their 10 yard line. Like it's, Mm -hmm. he's not throwing it longer than 20 yards at most. Like maybe send, send six guys drop five into coverage. He's not throwing it long. Mm -hmm. Well, here's, here's the one defense I would give for Cincinnati in situations like that, where like, after that interception by Perfect in the entire Cincinnati team's like mindset, the game was over right there. Yeah. And whenever that kind of happens, and then something happens where, oh, we have to keep playing this, it just kind of messes with their mind. So that's the one defense I'll give them. But at the same time, you're completely right. Like They have to know, after 
Roethlisberger's, like, second throw. I think the first one they threw a screen pass, and we didn't really know. The second play, they threw, like, a slant over the middle, and he threw an absolute duck. And it was only, like, an eight-yard route. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to know. He can't throw down the field, so just cover every receiver. Yeah. So... And and so he basically, they go down the field with all of these, you know, screen passes and whatever. Um, And then they get to the point, I think there was like 26 seconds left. They'd used their last timeout, correct? I believe they were without timeouts. Mm -hmm. And they threw a route over the middle for Antonio Brown. Incomplete, but perfect. Has an absolute, just kills Antonio Brown's head. He goes shoulder to head. Way after the play, which, like, that's important to point out. And the funniest thing about this, um, we'll get to Pac-Man Jones's whatever he did in just a bit, but he went on the Dan Patrick show today and said Antonio Brown was faking yeah. that he got a head injury on that, which is absolutely absurd. Yeah, but if you've seen that injury or that that hit, like, even if he was faking, that that hit is still illegal. Like, he... Absolutely. It was completely after the play. Yeah. And so... I Yeah, I'm not sure how anyone can look at that. Like, his head threw back. You Like, even though you didn't really see a close-up of his face, you could just tell, like, he was disoriented after that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's 15 yards, and they're now in field goal range, which it would have been, a, I think, a 50-yard field goal for the win. Yeah, about a 51-yarder. 51-yarder or 50 yards or whatever. And then, I'm not sure what happened here. In the moment, it looked like Pac-Man was arguing the perfect call, which which if that was the case and he did get that 15-yard whatever. But it turns out, um, as they've been talking about today, apparently Joey Porter, who is uh, one of Pittsburgh's assistant coaches, I'm not sure which. Legendary troll. By Legendary troll. He comes onto the field, and, you know, they've talked about, you know, it was injured player, there's a little more leeway there, but he basically comes onto the field and starts trash-talking the Bengals players. So, your opinion of this, would you say that Pac-Man got what he deserved by this? Um, with, with Joey Porter coming onto the field and, you know, trash-talking or whatever? Do you think he, he should get a pass? You mean Pac-Man or Joey? Pac-Man. Joey should not get a pass. No, Joey shouldn't. I don't care what anyone says. Um, and I know being a, Browns, being a Browns fan, it's going to seem biased, but I I don't think that Joey Porter should have been out there because I don't know if there were any other coaches aside from Mike Tomlin and then any of the trainers. I don't even know if there were any others out there because if there were, they shouldn't have been there either. But... Mm-hmm. I just I I don't think that Porter should be there and it's especially like you know that he's out there and it's going to rile up the Bengals players because the majority of those Bengals players played against Porter so like, when he was with the Steelers so it's like they know they already have kind of a rivalry hatred for the guy so mm-hmm. for him to be out there on the field in such a a, I, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. Basically, it was like a, a a fuse waiting to be to be lit, and and Porter was the 
was the match. And yeah. and sure enough, it, it caused he was able to get the spark that he needed and it, it just kind of set everything off. So I Right. I don't But as far that, as Pac-Man goes. I don't think Pac-Man would have done anything if Porter wasn't out there. So I don't I well I agree with you on that, yeah. So I but I don't know if I if I, based on what's come out since then, like what he's saying about Antonio Brown and everything, like, I don't know if I can give the guy a pass because it's like, you still have to keep your head in that situation. Like, it's such an important moment. Well, here's the one thing. Happened. Yeah, on the, on the Brown call, Pac-Man is completely delusional. But I don't give him a pass for the Joey Porter thing. Like, yes, Joey Porter should not have been out on the field. Absolutely not. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, he, I, I'm assuming he went to confront him. That's what my understanding is. What are you going to do when, he conf- when you confront him? Like, mm-hmm. let the refs take care of it. Yeah, he's not supposed to be on the field. Let him get, like, wait until the refs notice that Joey Porter's on the field trying to t- talk trash, and then they'll give him a penalty and you'll get your 15 back. Like, yeah. what are you going to do if you confront him? Yeah, nothing good is going to come of it. Right, so that's why I don't give Pac-Man Jones a pass on this. Like, that is, it's absurd that you should go out and confront this this coach. Like, I'm sure, I mean, I don't want to make any assumptions here, but it's totally in play that Pac-Man, like, tries to hit him or something or push him, which would have gotten a flag anyways. Yeah, given Pac-Man's history, you cannot rule it out. Like, you just Mm -hmm. cannot. Right. So, all in all, Cincinnati had one of the just biggest meltdowns in NFL history. Yeah. That's basically what we're saying here. And it was... It was the, I would go, I would go so far as to say it was the Brownsiest loss of the weekend. Like if we, oh definitely, if we were to give the wild card weekend games, um, five Browns helmets, <laughs> like instead of five stars, like five Browns helmets, with one being the least Brownsy type of game, five being the most Brownsy type of of game or ending i would give the bengals a five star or a five browns helmet rating i would Mm -hmm. give the houston kansas city game i would give that a three and a half browns helmet because that would totally be us and that would totally be us it honestly it could have been if we had one or two more wins last year because hoyer could have taken us into the playoffs and then thrown four interceptions so, I'll give <laughs> like that, he does, I'll give that a three and a half Browns helmet um, rating. But the Bengals get five Browns helmets for their right. for their loss. So it was just, I mean, um, my cousin's boyfriend is a huge Cincinnati fan, and I just texted her after the game. I'm just like, I tell your boyfriend, I am so sorry. Like that is the one of the absolute worst ways you could possibly lose. Yeah. It really, and I mean, really is. It makes it worse because Cincinnati, they were down the whole game. They came all the way back, and they were about to win. They scored and then the all fumble, their points in the fourth. Just, all their points in the fourth, and then the fumble, Pittsburgh driving down, and then the two calls just, just, it ended it. It, it was just too bad. I feel so bad for Bengals fans. I do too, but not that bad because... 
I feel and, bad enough. Yeah. I I mean, I, I obviously, yeah. just about any, whenever a team loses like that, I, my opinion is you, you haven't rooted for a Cleveland team yet. Yeah. You don't know pain yet. So. I feel, but I, feel, I do yeah. feel bad for him. I feel the the appropriate amount of bad for, for mm-hmm. both them and... Actually, I feel worse for Vikings fans. Um, but I agree. I feel I and we'll feel get bad to that. for Bengals fans. Right. We'll get to the Vikings in a second. Let's get to let's get the Martavis Bryant's butt catch yet. That was one of the most ridiculous catches I think I've ever seen. I, I, I saw the perfect analysis of it, and it was that referees in the NFL still regularly get confused the rules that decide what a catch is and somehow yeah, this really. was called a catch. And I think that pretty much sums it up. Like how although quite frankly watching it like I'm very very sure that was a catch. But mm-hmm. that that feels like one that gets reversed into a catch. Like I don't know how you watch that in real speed and think, oh yeah, he totally caught that. Like I, right. I wouldn't have believed well, here's, it until I saw. See, I'm not. Down. I'm not entirely sure it was a catch because I don't like. I don't think he completely had control of it until he jumped up in the air and used his other hand. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like it was an amazing catch. Regardless, like I think it. I'm really glad it stands because it was an incredible catch. I honestly think if they would have if if they would have called it on the field that it wasn't a catch, it would not have been reversed. You you know it was also a great catch, Des Bryant's catch in the Packers Cowboys game last year, which was totally a catch. Yep. So it just blows my mind that we don't know what it catches. And let's be fair, if I if you showed me both of those plays and you told me to pick which one's a catch, I would totally pick the Des Bryant one. Yep, as you should, because that was more of a catch than Martavis Bryant's, which was also mm-hmm. a catch, but there was reason to there was there was reason to believe that it it wasn't. Because it, Which it, it I really will didn't... say this. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that the Des Bryant one wasn't a catch because I don't like the Cowboys. Yeah, They're a bunch either. of spoiled brats, and I'm glad it happened to them. So, good riddance. <laughs> but it was definitely a catch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. So, the other part of this is, for me as a Denver fan, I hate seeing Pittsburgh win, but in essence, this is probably the best possible thing that could have happened for Denver in this game. Because Ben's got a separated shoulder? Well, first of all, Pittsburgh is up in this game, and they look like they're going to roll. Cincinnati fires back. Ben gets a separated shoulder. Antonio Brown's in concussion protocol, which they said today that he's like he's out it. of it. Yeah, he's already Yeah, and it. supposed to be cleared. I, I'm sorry, but I sincerely doubt that. I'm just going to say that right now. I think they're just saying he's cleared. I don't think he actually is yet. Um, yeah. But anyways... But, so, Pittsburgh's really banged up going into mile high, and Denver's the one seed, like, I I couldn't feel any better about them playing a team unless it was Houston. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd feel great about playing Houston, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, if only. The, yeah. the best case scenario would have been Houston wins, but Hoyer goes out, and so we have to play Brandon Whedon. Yeah. Would have been absolutely great. Um, so, 
let's get to Seattle and Minnesota. And so I'll just say it like this. we You were talking about the Browns' helmet scale instead of stars. I would put this at like a 4.8 stars yeah. as far as a Cleveland Browns loss. This gets a solid 4.5. Actually, yeah. yeah, I would say 4.5. The only reason right. why it doesn't get 5 stars is because they only held their opponents to 10 points. Right. I feel like like if it was the Browns, it's it's more there's more of a score for the for the opposing team. Granted mm-hmm. that means we have to score more in order to have the same thing happen to us that happened to the Vikings in this game. But I feel like we aren't holding somebody to 10 points in a playoff game. Although I tell you, the temperature may have different the the temperature may have been what would have impacted that if it was the Browns in that situation instead. So I suppose mm-hmm. I could give it a pass, but yeah, I give right. it four and a half stars. Right. I'll tell you this: it's really similar to Red Ride '88. When you actually think about it, really cold game. Mm-hmm. They're at home, and so <laughs> let's be honest: if if Cleveland runs the ball in right at right 88 like they should have, and then they take the field goal, they probably miss the field goal and lose anyways. Like, yeah. that's that's basically what this game was. I hate that that is accurate, but it's totally accurate. Mm-hmm. It, it just completely explains it. That That is the, the, that is the version of red right 88 where Cleveland kicks the field goal. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah we still lose. It's just... Right. I, I feel so bad... I feel so bad for Vikings fans because right that was such a tough game. They they had it through three quarters, and then Russell Wilson makes this absurd play where he the snap is botched. He should have been sacked twenty yards behind the line of scrimmage. Somehow finds an open man who gets it down inside the the five, and then they score two plays later. And that's the final score. And Only Russell Wilson could have made that play. Yeah, it's it's both. It's so infuriating. Just be, it doesn't seem like it should have been possible. But the Seahawks keep getting this unbelievable luck, and now they're going on to face the Panthers, which I'm sure the Panthers are not excited about whatsoever. Right. I had a dream. I had a dream last night, and I'm totally making this up, but I had a dream that that happened two years ago in the Super Bowl, and Peyton picked it up and threw like a 90 yard touchdown, and Denver went on to win that Super Bowl instead of the disaster that ensued afterwards. Mm, yeah. So hmm. it was, it was one of those, like, not necessarily a dream, but more like you're laying in bed half asleep but not quite asleep and you can still tell in your conscious mind what's going on Mm -hmm. and you just kind of think of of something that should be a dream but you know that you're just thinking it Mm -hmm. and i i I actually woke up and i cried afterwards but anyways that's besides (laughs) the point (laughs) Um, oh shoot i was gonna bring up something else about this game but i completely forgot well let's just bring up the ending then because yeah so so Everyone's making a big deal about the laces facing the kicker's foot, which, okay, like, if it's, like, a 50-yarder or 45 or even, like, a 35 or 40-yarder or whatever, I get it. It's a 27-yarder. Mm-hmm. Who, like, make it. Just kick it straight and make it. That's just it. Like, that was never even a close kick. It was never one time 
in the uprights. He kicked it straight up, and it did not. It went straight down the line, which was always outside the uprights. It never mm-hmm. had a chance from the moment that it left his foot. And yeah, it's like how just shanked it. It's like yeah, lace is out. Yeah, Ace Ventura, but <laughs> that had to be one hundred percent mental. That's all uh-huh. it is, and it's just. It's stunning. It's completely stunning that right. it came down to that, and and he ducked it so badly when he'd already kicked three field goals that same day. Right. And I actually remember what I was going to say. Um, Minnesota, like, as far as Tortured City goes, cle- or uh, sports-wise, when it comes to their fan, like, Cleveland is number one all the way around because they have three teams who have just been unable to get it done for however many years i think it's 50 now or whatever but in terms of just 51 now in terms of just a football franchise that hasn't been able to get it done and has been the most tortured i think it's got to be minnesota at this point i i would probably agree with you i still um i still feel like the bills may have it right it's either minnesota or the bills just football wise yeah and um, just baseball wise, it'd probably be the Cubs. Uh, I don't know if there's necessarily a basketball one or not, but overall, it's got to be Cleveland just because of the collective uh, drought it's been through. But as far as football goes, Minnesota and Buffalo just suffer continuously. It's yeah. so sad. Yeah, sports sports cities, it's definitely Cleveland, but sports franchises, it's the Cubs, then the Bills, then the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if I'd put the Vikings or the Bills above because the the Vikings, they had that really bad loss in 98 against the Falcons in the NFC Championship, the famous Gary Anderson missed field goal. Yeah. And uh, they would have played Denver in the Super Bowl that year, and I think Denver still would have won. But believe me, it would have been a much different game. Sure. Because Minnesota's uh, offense that year was just ridiculously good. Yeah. Well, they, so. that was like prime Chris Carter, and that was, I think, young rookie Ran- Ma- yeah, rookie Randy, Randy Ross. Ross. Yeah. And I don't know who, and, the, uh, who their running back would have been at that point. but I'm not sure who it would have been. Their quarterback was, um, oh, what's his name? Cunningham. Randall Cunningham, oh. I believe. No, and you know, was it him or was, was it, it Dante Culpepper? See, it it was Cunningham because Culpepper didn't come until the next year. He was a rookie the next year. Okay. And then Cunningham, before too long, got ran out, and Culpepper took over. Gotcha. Right. So, but it's yeah that that loss in itself because they were up. I forget. I I'd, I've never like delved into what the actual comeback was, but they were up a significant amount to to lose that game. So, um, I'm sorry, Minnesota fans, if there's any listening out there. That just is the worst. Yeah, it's it's not great to have that kind of brought up in the middle of this. Like, oh yeah, this happened yesterday for you also. So, sorry, <laughs> sorry about you. Yeah, but I and I also it. apologize, Minnesota fans. Anyways, let's get to the last game, Green Bay and the Skins. I'll admit, I didn't actually watch this game. I followed it on GameCast, but from what it sounds like, Aaron Rodgers, it's not like he had an amazing game, but 
it sounds like his receivers were finally getting open for him. It it seemed if it, it, I this is actually the game that I I probably watched the most of. I watched um almost the entire Seattle Minnesota game, and then pretty much until it was it was like a two possession game with like five minutes left, um, and Washington turned or not turned the ball over, but I guess they turned it over on downs. Like I watched almost the entire Green Bay Washington game as well, and at first it was like because the Packers the first score of the game was a safety, and and it was Aaron Rodgers getting sacked in the end zone. It's like oh my god, we're gonna go through this again, right? And they went down nothing. They went down what? It was eleven nothing at one point, and it probably should have been like fifteen nothing. I yes, believe because they got a field. The uh, the skins got a field goal, and then. But it or no, they got the safety, and then they almost scored with the Desh- Deshaun Jackson yeah, not reaching far enough. That's where and they, then they got a field goal. Yeah, that's where they got the field goal out of it. But yeah, Deshaun Jackson should have had the touchdown, but for some reason he ran with the ball behind him as he crossed the the goal line and when he stepped out of bounds the ball was at the half yard line and then just an unbelievable defensive stand by the packers they stopped morris for a loss on first and second down and then mm. they forced an incompletion on third down and that was that was that they they forced him to kick a field goal from like or no sorry there was a delay of game on third down that pushed him back to the 7 yard line and so that's how it suddenly became. It went from first and goal at the half yard line to third and goal at the seven, and mm-hmm. and then um, they got the the field goal. Then they did get a touchdown, uh, just on a sh- a rifle shot, if I remember correct, to Jordan Reed. But they missed the extra point, and. Green Bay suddenly had a little life in them that they really didn't have through the majority of that first quarter. And then they kind of started their comeback, and it seemed to be a little bit back and forth for for a bit. And all of a sudden, Green Bay just kind of remembered that they're a good football team, and they turned it on and mm-hmm. won by... I think it was 17. It was like 35-18 was the final. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, kind of a weird ending, but yeah that, yeah, that was the final, I believe. Um, So, is Green Bay, are they back in tra- on track, and are they actually good, or is it just because they're playing the Redskins? Because one of the funniest things that, that happened today is that no one bothered to mention this before the game, but Kirk Cousins apparently has never won a game playoff or regular season against a team who had a winning record. Yeah, every single one of their their losses or their wins this season came against teams who who had uh 500 eight, eight or a losing worse. record. Yeah. Right. Which which I think a lot of people who were putting money on that game and on the Redskins probably would have liked to know that beforehand. Yeah. Well, that money line was so it, that it was, was weird. Like, it was like Washington minus one, then it was a pick 'em, then it was Green Bay um, plus, uh, think, minus one, and then, or maybe I'm mixing I think it was out. Green Bay minus two. I'm not sure what it finished at. Was it Washington minus one, I think, is what it finished at? Um, yes. I'm not entirely sure. I believe so. Uh, one or one and a half. Right. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Green Bay smashed the line. They <laughs> won yeah. by 17. It wasn't even close. 
Yeah, right. and it was it was one of those games like it's it's nice to see that they got back on track, and I hope that it that it carries over because they're going to need every single bit of that against the Cardinals this weekend because they right. just got pounded by them two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Okay, so next week, starting Saturday, we'll go through the games in order of, of the way they're being aired. Um, so Saturday, 435, Chiefs at New England. New England's minus five. Do the Chiefs have any... Do the Chiefs have a chance of winning this game, especially with Jeremy Macklin probably out? I don't because Gronk, Gronk uh, and Edelman are both reported to be playing. Their their defense might keep them in the game, but it's it's doubtful that that they end up um, that the Chiefs end up with a win. I think the Patriots will win, but I think their defense will keep it closer than than it probably has any right to with their offense without Jeremy Macklin on it. Uh-huh. Right. I agree with you. I think, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if New England straight up runs away with this one from the get-go. Um, not mm-hmm. to not to take anything away from Kansas City, but two important factors, regardless of whether or not Edelman and Gronk can play and if Macklin can play or not, um, the coaching matchup is Belichick versus Andy Reid. And the quarterback matchup is Tom Brady versus Alex Smith. Woof. That is Woof. not favorable at all. Not not at all. So I, I think Casey's way, just way overmatched for this one. Just by those two categories. They could be better in every single category other than those two, and New England probably would still win. Yeah, I know. That's, that's the reason why I think it's going to be closer than anyone um, gives them credit for. But I still think that the Patriots uh, come away with a W. Agreed. Um, second game, Saturday night, 8-15 at Arizona, the Packers and the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals, seven-point favorite. Um, is there any chance Green Bay has one of those games where they get killed in the regular season, they come back with fire and are somehow able to beat Arizona? I think they could come back with fire and make it competitive. But I mean, I I picked Arizona as my Super Bowl team, and I I still think that that's going to be the case. I feel like they are going to, um, I think they're going to run over Green Bay because we 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 say like Green Bay will have all this motivation to come back and get them, but Arizona just put the just put the torches to them two weeks ago, and while that could mean that they'll take them lightly. I don't think that they will because they know that Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers and they watched what he did this past week. Like he, he almost single-handedly willed that team to win and their defense had a good game as well. So it's like they know that they can't take this team lightly despite the fact that they just basically mercied them. Right. I don't expect Green Bay will be able to run the ball as well. And I don't think the receivers are going to be able to get open as well against that Cardinals defense, who I believe is significantly better than Washington's defense. Yes, even though they don't I, have Tyron Matthew, which I I forget if he went down at the end of that Packers game, correct? I think so. I wasn't paying too much attention to the NFL at that point, to be completely honest. But okay. yeah, I think you're right in that. 
because that um, could that could make a little bit of a difference. But right, but I they still got um, they still got like Patrick Peterson. I think is the one corner, and they yeah. got like they they have a really good defense. Like top to yeah. bottom, Cardinals I think are the best team in maybe in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the two Sunday games, four forty, Steelers at Broncos, and. I am completely confused by this betting line because my ESPN app says that the game is a pick 'em, but everywhere else that I've heard of the line so far is Denver uh, minus six, which is just a bizarre line. Like it, I feel like it pr- should probably be right in the middle at three point favorite or something like that. Anyways, um, even. <sighs> If if Roethlisberger can't throw the ball more than ten yards down the field, and Antonio Brown's still banged up, it's going to be a tall order for Pittsburgh to win this game. Yeah, if if Roethlisberger can't throw more than ten yards downfield, they he don't have a be chance playing, because I think. because D'Angelo Williams, I don't think he's going to be ready because he was in a, I mean he was in a walking boot in that mm-hmm. game against the Bengals. Like that doesn't seem like something that oh six days later oh I'm good. I, I I seriously do not think that he's going to play. And he might, but even if he does, he's not going to be 100%. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, coming to Mile High. Mile High, it's just a strange environment to play in at times. Um, and, Den- you know, Denver, they have a really good defense. Um, I'm just hoping it's not too cold so that Peyton, Peyton doesn't have an even worse version of balloon arm out there. Um, yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic. Like I said, it's the best possible thing that could have happened for Denver after Casey winning that game is Pittsburgh winning and getting banged up in the process. Yeah, that, that's, Um, that should help Denver. The only thing that I can see basically costing them the game is I I don't even think it's going to be Roethlisberger making plays. I think it's going to be Peyton costing them points. Right, which is, which is totally in play. So. Right. And I don't I think Peyton is better and I don't think he'll be having a five of twenty with four picks outing out there. Um this is the playoffs. If like he didn't feel like he was ready, he would not be playing. So I think Peyton but like at the very least, I think he'll be able to put up twenty points. And yeah. you know, with the way Denver's defense has played this year, that may be enough. It may not, but uh, you know, we'll see. Um but I expect Denver to win this game. Um, I, I mean, it could be a close game no matter what the circumstances, but I expect the Denver, I expect Denver to win either way, um, no matter who's playing for Pittsburgh. I think, I think that's going to be the closest game of the weekend is the Broncos Steelers game. You don't think it'll be Seahawks Panthers? No. Interesting. So, well, that's the last game. It's, uh, one, oh, it's, it's one Oh five. On Sunday, I guess it's before the Denver game. Anyways, Seahawks at Panthers. Seahawks, they've been hot at the end of the season. They did not look good against Minnesota at all. Somehow, they, they shouldn't even be in the playoffs. Let's let's just point that out right now. But I'm still not sure how good uh, Carolina is. Let's, let's also remember this. Seattle is a West Coast team that just played a game in zero-degree weather. So, yeah. so the, I mean... They may not have looked good against the Vikings, but they played the Vikings six weeks ago at their home stadium and killed them. 
So, right. and real quickly about the Seahawks this is a little off topic, but did you see after the kick they interviewed Cam Chancellor and asked him about what he was thinking as the ball was kicked, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I honestly believed it wasn't going in." Like, yeah, yeah, that's complete bullcrap. He thought it was going in all the way. Yeah, you're lying. There's no way. That, yeah, I just figured I'd point that out. Uh, the more ludicrous things that happened this weekend, considering all the Bengals stuff that happened. Speaking of which, did you see Adam Jones's uh, Instagram post after the game where he's like cussing and saying that he didn't deserve the penalty and everything? He dropped a good seven or eight f bombs in fifteen seconds. It was mm-hmm. tremendous. Like he was. You so couldn't even furious. understand what he was saying. Yeah, and it sounded like he called him Jerry Porter instead of Joey Porter. <laughs> Jerry <just> Porter. Excellent. <laughs> the evil twin of Joey Porter. Exactly. That's how he got on the field. He That's how he people. got on the field. Right. Anyways, uh, back back on topic. Like, I think Seattle could beat Carolina. I think Carolina's the better team, and, like, Seattle, obviously, it seems like they have some problems in, like, games, but... I'm not putting it past Seattle to come in and look fantastic and beat Carolina. Honestly, I think this is the most likely upset this weekend is Seattle over Carolina. Mm-hmm. I, so, I don't I I don't want it to, I want it's the the upset that I want to happen. Actually no, the Steelers upset is the one that I want to happen the least, but I, I, I'd say the Seahawks one is the second. I really don't want that upset to happen. And I just okay. have a I have a gut feeling like it's going to. Like I, I feel uh-huh. like this is gonna be the game this weekend that that we lose a top seed. Uh-huh. So you you said you thought Steelers and Broncos is probably gonna be the closest matchup, right? Yes. So so you're saying so either Seahawks they pull off the upset and they do it convincingly or the Panthers just dominate at home is is basically what you're saying you think will happen at this game. Yes. It's gonna be I I, I don't think that it's going to be close. I think or um, either way it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be convincing, right? I'll say it kind of reminds me of um it would have been two years ago when the 49ers were making their run through the playoffs and they, they went to Carolina and they knocked them off pretty convincingly. Like they took control of that game mm-hmm. and never let Carolina get it back. It feels like Seattle could be doing the same thing in this game. Yeah. I completely agree. And I right. would I just for for the nerdiness of of me and like these types of things are always interesting to me i don't know if you saw on reddit but it said that this postseason like in this divisional round it'll be the first time in nfl history in a divisional round or later that four number one overall picks are going to be playing quarterback right playing at quarterback so it would be it's Palmer, Alex Smith, yeah, Carson Palmer, Peyton Manning, Cam Newton. Correct. And Correct. what's even what's even better is that there is there's a real shot that all four of them could win because right. three of the four are are the the higher seeds, and Kansas City could potentially it's going to be difficult, but they could potentially 
pull the upset as well. And so, and I, the crazy I, thing is, that stat, it's not including the fact that Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Ben Roethlisberger, and Russell Wilson are all also in the playoffs, who are three of the like top six quarterbacks in the whole league. Yeah, I mean, those, those, and it's just, it's a ridiculous thing to see, like, yeah, when you look at the number one overall picks, that, that those are the four that are not there, when you consider the 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 history and and what I thought was interesting also was the other stat that between those four number one overall picks one of them has a Super Bowl and it's Super Bowl win and there's only one and between the other four that are still in it they have oh eight eight combined Super Bowl championships so, so Brady would have four Rogers one Roethlisberger's got two and Wilson's, Wilson's got, got one. one. Yeah. That is insane. And then, and then Peyton's got the lonely Peyton's one. got the one for the number one picks. And then uh, Cam's in the playoffs. He's never been to the Super Bowl. Palmer's never right. been to the Super Bowl. And um, Alex Smith went to the Super Bowl on the bench. With <laughs> on Kaepernick. the bench, yeah. With he's Kaepernick almost got starting. that ring. Right, so I would I would put up a bigger defense for for Peyton Manning right now regarding that Super Bowl debate, but that'll be for another podcast mm-hmm. I'm planning to do next week uh, with one of my friends here at Malone. He's a big Tom Brady fan, so hopefully that'll happen yeah. next week. Regardless of who, regardless of who wins next week, I I, I plan on having that happen um, either way. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, that's just that's insane. That just shows you like the number one. Like first overall quarterback to be picked in the draft, that like the draft is just kind of a crapshoot. It, it, well, yeah, I mean, it, well, number one overall know, pick, Jamarcus Russell, is not going to be in a playoff <laughs> game anytime soon. Did he even get into a game? Yeah, I don't he, think he did. He, did he, he? No, he played a couple seasons for the Raiders. He just well, they, they never played, made the playoffs. Well, uh. Are you sure? Because I felt like like he held out for a while after like he was drafted, and I for some reason I remember him like once he signed he never actually got on the field because he was just like so bad. No, he he played he played for three seasons. His career stats I actually just looked this up. His uh-huh. career stats are eighteen touchdowns to twenty three interceptions. 4,083 passing yards. That's in three years. That's really bad. Drew Brees did that this season. (laughs) Peyton Manning almost matched the interceptions this season. Yeah. Which is the opposite debate (laughs) that that would be trying to make. But, yeah. Um, Let's see. So, TD-wise, he had 18. So, Peyton did about four times that in a third of the time two mm-hmm. years ago yeah rest in peace to marcus russell um so yeah. he was almost meh no nah, I, I i won't say that tim couch was much better i was gonna say he's almost as bad as tim couch but tim couch was actually a decent quarterback for three years tim couch had the problem that like the browns have had the last couple years and that there were they no couldn't protect him they couldn't protect him but there were no weapons either oh also interesting um Breaking news on a podcast. That's one of my favorite things. Um, oh yes, I just saw on on the uh, worldwide leader in sports. 
Vontez Perfect is suspended for the first three games of next season because of his hit on on Antonio Brown. And no one is surprised. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm actually surprised it's not more because of his history. So, right. I'm three games is three games. It's it it's a deserved suspension, but they probably could have tacked on a few more, and I don't think anybody would have said anything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, there, there's no defense for that hit at all. I, I know we've we're we've gone over it several times, but yeah. it was just it was such a dirty play and so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, I was just browsing the internet, and I, let's get a quick hit on this. They narrowed down the list of names who will be considered as Han Solo in the uh, spin-off Han Solo movie. Have you seen this at all? I have not. So, let, let me see the list of names here. So, first person on the list is Miles Teller, uh, Fantastic Four. Um, oh, on okay. The, you, you know, Miles Teller. Uh, Ansel Elgort, who, The Fault in Our Stars, he's also in the Divergent series. Uh, Jack Raynor, who's in Transformers Age of Extinction. Okay. I don't even know who that is. Anyway, Scott Eastwood, Logan Lerman, Blake Jenner. Uh, and that is the list. I don't like any of these guys as Han Solo. I don't, I don't know basically anyone on that list. So, and right. I guess that's not necessarily a bad thing because I don't know who... I, like I wouldn't have been able to tell you who was in the new Star Wars movie either, because they got a bunch right. of unknowns. But uh, I don't know. Well, if Miles, I'll say this: Miles Teller is the one guy who stands out to me. Oh, one I didn't mention: Dave Franco. Interesting. I, I'm sorry, I'm Dave Franco. He's funny and whatnot. No, not yeah, not Han Solo. That's way too whiny and anything. The uh, the only like standout big name that feels like they could maybe hit the role is Miles Teller, but, like, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Miles Teller. Yeah, I don't... I don't even know if I want to see the young Han Solo movie. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't really want to see it, but it's gonna happen. Yeah. Which no. sucks. Yeah. But... I agree. Yeah. Unnecessary, so. but what can you do? Yeah. Alright, well, that's our hot take for the time. Uh, yeah. We are just about out of time here. We've gone for a good almost an hour at this point. Um, oh, anything wow, yeah. else that we're missing? I didn't even realize we'd gone for an hour. Like, it, it felt I know, like, right? Like The other one was like 45 minutes and it felt like an hour and a half, and this one felt like 30 minutes and we're already over an hour, so right. podcasting is weird. <laughs> it is very weird. <laughs> but it's fun, so that's all it Anyways, is. Anyways, right. Right. Okay. So that'll wrap it up for this edition of Geeks and Suits. Thank you all for listening. Got a lot of podcasts coming ahead. Going to try and get Yanni on here to talk some Star Wars and NFL playoffs. Um, like I said, we'll try and have a Brady Manning podcast next week if time allows. Tyler will be doing our Game of Thrones betting game in a yes. few months here. Which is going to be just fantastic. I cannot wait for that. I I still need to to iron out what all what all I'm gonna pick. But I'm right. and I'm, I'm hopefully uh, hopefully I'm I'm trying to add uh like just a few more prompts to yeah, it. Uh, you know, spice it up a little more. I'm curious about that as well. Like, do we 
because I don't know if you were specific in it. Now, I'm I'm going to try and put this without you know giving much away. But do we have to? Do we all have to pick different answers? No, not necessarily. Okay. You just you fill it out independently. Bring it to the podcast that we do. That'll probably be a three person one. Uh, sure. We'll try and get together all in the same location and everything, and then. Um, you know, we'll bring up whatever the question is, we'll say what we think, and we'll kind of each give a take on it or, or whatever. Perfect. I like it. So, yeah. So, that, that'll that be it. We'll try and come up with a few more for those. And, uh, you know, March Madness is is coming up here soon. We'll be, we'll be talking about that. Oh, we didn't get to talk about how we're not watching the National Championship of Football tonight. Oh, yeah. We, we even <laughs> started talking about that before we started recording. And, right. yeah, just real quick. I'm not watching it. I don't care. Yeah. I like if I find out after the fact that Alabama lost, I'll be happy as a clam. But right. I don't really feel like watching the game in general because I don't like either team. Well, and I'll put it like this: as far as college football goes, I know a lot of people just love it and are super into it. Like I watch maybe like four college football games a year, to be completely honest. Yeah. I will watch. I'll watch the Ohio State Michigan game. I usually watch Ohio State's opener just because haven't seen them in a while. I'll watch the OSU-Michigan game. Any bowl games that Ohio State plays, I'll try to tune into. Other than that, I mean, so it just got, doesn't interest me as much. You've got three lockdown for sure games of OSU's that you would watch, and then well, like, even even the home or even the season opener is not a guaranteed. Like the two guaranteeds are Michigan. And the bowl game, and I usually end up watching the Michigan State one and like one or two other ones. Yeah, half-heartedly, because here's my thing: I love Ohio State. I'm a diehard Ohio State fan. Like no one is as pumped as I was when they won the national championship last year and they beat Alabama and all that stuff. Yes, but you know, ninety percent of the games they play, they play a terrible team, and they're gonna win by fifty. And I like, I don't want to take my time to watch that. Like they're gonna win. I'm happy for them. I don't need to see it happen. That's why you need to watch the start of it, and then once they pull away, you can go yeah. do other stuff. Right. And, I, I, you know, I kind of have to pick my battles, because I always like watching NFL, because I have two teams I try to tune into every week, and it doesn't always make your girlfriend happy when you're always watching football. So Yeah, that's true. That's why you need to find a girlfriend who loves football. Well... I know. I don't you, know. I'm. Yeah, you're kind of you're kind of with the one that you're with now. Sorry, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wouldn't trade her for the world. Um. Anyway, so that wraps this one up, Tyler. Thanks for, so much for being with me today, man. Oh, of course, my pleasure. All right. Uh, so thank you all for listening once again, and uh, tune in the rest of this week for uh, more podcast coverage.